0: Well, we're here in Kyoto, Iowa, as Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland Island presents High School Baseball. Uh, tonight, we've got a matchup. Uh, we're in Kyoto as they take on the English Valley Bears. Uh, we've got Dakota McCombs here with us. Welcome to the program, Dakota.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be back on here again.
0: Well, uh, what's, the, what's the Eagles' uh, starting pitching look like tonight?
1: Oh, we've got Aiden Anderson starting uh, us off oh, here. Start- he's got uh, seven wins. He's leading the state in wins, and he's got a uh, .61 ERA, so he's big left-handed kid he throws a uh those high 70s low 80s he'll touch low 80s but not very often uh and he's got really nice change up and pretty decent curveball
0: well this is our first chance to see him uh what what's what kind of lineup are we running out tonight pretty standard or we got some players filling in somewhere oh we're pretty standard
1: offensively we're pretty much the same exact lineup you know straight through but the uh big change that we'll have is our third baseman will play first base and our shortstop will play third base and then Colton Clairhan will fill on the shortstop. So we're kind of, we got a defensive change just moving some guys around.
0: So. But you still got some pretty good talented players all the way around. Well, tell me a little bit about this English Valley Bears team.
1: Um, I, I think they're pretty over, underrated. I mean, they, uh, they, they, they Seem to play us pretty well every time we play them. Uh, I think we beat them three to zero the last time we play them. It's just they—they they always seem to bring their A game. Uh, they're one of the few teams in our conference I've got a uh, 500 record against. So they're a pretty, pretty decent team. They always seem to come and play really well against us.
0: Well, uh, it's a—it's a hot night. Is that you think that's going to affect anything? You're going to pay pretty close attention to your pitchers.
1: Um, I think that most of our kids i mean a lot of our kids are working throughout the day so it's kind of uh, I, I i trust their opinions on it so I, I often talk to them and see how they're feeling after innings or between in the middle of innings if they're starting to struggle so uh, it'll just be a play it by ear kind of thing we'll talk to him and see how he's feeling
0: we got any hot hitters any any guys that's really barreling up the ball oh i
1: think colton's hitting 571 right now which i mean you're hitting 571 as a uh, for for first season's pretty good year for you and then uh his little brother's starting to come on, too, and hit with a lot of power. And then we've got uh, Tanner Waterhouse is coming along. He's starting to hit some singles. He's not hitting anything with power, but he's getting a lot of singles, getting on base and scoring some runs for us.
0: So. Yeah, the Tanner Waterhouse is definitely putting the bat on the ball, making contact, and making things happen. Uh, uh, and he's been playing some pretty good ball. Well, thanks for stopping by, Coach. Yep, thank you very much for having me. Well, we're here with uh, Jeremy Thomas, the coach of the English Valley Bears. He's going to give us a little preview of what his team is going to bring to the table tonight. Welcome to the program, Jeremy. Thank you for having us. So you say you've been the coach here for about six years, and you've been coaching for 15 years here with the team?
2: Yes, so I started as assistant almost right out of uh, college. Maybe just one year off, and then uh, went through a few head coaches, and now I started. This is either year six or seven. They kind of start blending together after
0: some time. What are listeners know where English Valley is? Uh,
2: North English, just right over by near Williamsburg, about 15 minutes away.
0: So, uh, how's the season been going? Not
2: bad. Uh, You know, we're we're a little low on pitching depth. Uh, We've had some injuries, uh, torn labrum, some shoulder issues. Uh, so we do have a bona fide starter in Ty Moore that uh, throws really well. I think he is two, two and two on the year, or two and three. But he's been uh, tied in three other ball games, and we pulled him out and then lost the lead or lost the game there after. So uh, you know, it's kind of don't know what you're going to get every night. We're just looking for some consistency at the pitching.
0: So who started tonight? Uh, Bo
2: Flanders starting tonight. Bo Flanders is yep. starting tonight. How's yep. his season
0: gone
2: Not too bad. Uh, Bo's kind of just been a spot pitcher for us here and there. Um, you know, throw just a couple innings a year, but now with the injuries, he's kind of pushed into a starter role. Uh, so it kind of took him a while to adjust that. He threw last week against North Mahaska, had a really good game, uh, threw about six innings. Uh, about 90 pitches and only gave up two earned runs. Uh, We just didn't quite have enough offensive support to get
0: the win for him. Is this a big week with a lot of games for you? No,
2: no, last week was our big week. Uh, We had uh, five last week. We had uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then a, a Saturday tournament this past Saturday where we played two. Uh, So we only play tonight, and Friday night, because Wednesday night is our night off. That's where we're supposed to play Tri-County, but since they don't have a team, uh, that's kind of our night off this week.
0: uh, Probably helpful is that the games pile up and it's tough on the pitch. Good for the hitters. Yeah. They see a lot of pitching. Let's go over the team. Uh, let's talk about the catcher. Who do you got behind the plate?
2: Uh, we have Ty Ayers behind the plate. He's a sophomore. Uh, he's been catching since he's in eighth grade. He's a, he's a very good defensive catcher. We're still working on arm strength to be able to uh, hold some runners at bay. Uh, but you know, with any young player, uh, he's still working on that. At uh, first base, we have Taylor Landers, who's a senior. Um, I believe he's either tied for first or in second place with home runs on the year, uh, with three, I believe. And then at second base tonight is Trayton Shaw. He's another a junior that it's his first year starting. Uh, Ty Moore's at shortstop tonight. Uh, that's his natural position besides pitching. His cousin Luke Moore's at third base, another sophomore starter that's been playing the last two years for us, who's come around hitting. Uh, we have Luke Dillon in left field, who is back after uh, missing all of last year with a shoulder surgery. And then uh, we go Josh Osborne, a junior in center, and Landon Montrose, another sophomore in right field.
0: Well, who provides some speed, some range, and maybe some arm strength out there in the outfield?
2: Uh, Luke Dillon, for sure, has the arm strength. Uh, Josh is kind of that typical center center fielder, kind of lanky, uh, not very quick, but he covers a lot of ground and not very many steps. And then Landon's kind of just our all-around good glove that you kind of put around there.
0: Well, let's talk about the team's hitting. You know, do you have any good contact hitters? Do you have anybody that can bunt well, and do you have anybody that can drive and run with uh,
2: some uh, What we kind of lack is the RBIs this year. We're, we're very good about getting on base and getting runners in scoring position, and then we're just not getting them in when we need to. Uh, I haven't put last week's stats in yet, but both landers right around a 500 hitter. Uh, the next guy up uh, was normally our Caden Hall, who's a senior, but he's the one that had shoulder surgery, so he is out. So we're kind of still searching for another two-hitter right now. And then Ty Moore is probably our best contact hitter, and so that's why he's in the three spot because Bo is, you know, he won the state uh, title his junior year in the 100-meter dash and came in third uh, this year. So he's in our leadoff spot to get on, try to get to second, and then hopefully one of those next two
0: guys to get him in. Well, it sounds like you have a few really uh, excellent athletes on the team. We do. Yep. Well, we're talking to Jerry Thomas of the English Valley uh, Bears. Uh, tell me about Kyoto. Uh, you sound, seems like you've been around a while. You you played a few games here. Yep. Is this a pretty good atmosphere to play ball games at?
2: Yeah. Like the field. Uh, always thought it's one of the better fields in the in the conference. Um, you know just how baseball and softball is right next to each other nice environment nice usually nice playing surface things like that just a good time coming down here
0: do you, Do they have any players that you you're you're trying to stop or or have your attention
2: oh yeah I mean the the Claire Hand brothers are phenomenal athletes I mean Colton's been an all-state pitcher for a couple years his younger brother Caden um, is a great catcher with a cannon behind the plate so Uh, obviously those two you always try to slow down and then you know they've had some surprises this year. Uh, Aiden Anderson's been a great addition Uh, you know he kind of primarily played a lot of JV last year but this year he's really stepped up. I think he's in top three in the conference and wins as a pitcher Um, and they just got a few nice pieces you know they don't they're not one of those teams that when you look at scores, they, they really pile it on and they really wow you, but they really don't do anything to beat themselves. And they're just very fundamentally sound baseball team.
0: Well, we really enjoyed talking to Jeremy. Thanks for stopping by. You bet, thank you, sir. Well, welcome back to Kyoto, Iowa. As the English Valley Bears prepared to play the Kyoto Eagles, uh, Aiden Anderson has stepped up onto the mound. Uh, He's tonight's starting pitcher. Bo Flanders is the pitcher for the English Valley Bears. Uh, he'll bat lead off, followed by catcher Ty Ayers, shortstop Ty Moore. Luke Moore is uh, playing third base. Tyler Shaw is playing... Second base, Tyler Landon is at first base. Luke Dillon at second. uh, Josh Osborne in center field, uh, and uh, Landon Montrose is in uh, right field. It's a beautiful night, although a little bit hot. The wind's blowing straight out to center field, but the the trees are wrestling a little bit out in center field and right field. Uh, It's a really, really nice night, and uh, we're just about to get started. Well, Henshaw Trailer Sales again presents the first inning of tonight's game. If you need a trailer, talk to Corwin Henshaw. If you need a horse trailer or or you need to move your cattle or you need an enclosed trailer or a low boy, Henshaw Trailers and Richland, I was might. Well, Bo Flanders really came out. Uh, he pitched he, uh, the first inning. He stayed in the strike zone. Uh, he, uh, and Colton Clarahan came up first. He drove the ball hard out to right field, but uh, nice catch by the right fielder. Uh, then Caleb Waterhouse popped up to the shortstop. Caden Clarahan did draw a walk uh, after fouling off several 3-2 pitches. And then uh, Cole Kindred really hit a nice slicer into the center field that the center fielder came in and made a diving catch on. So that's the end of the first inning. And uh, we are one for English Valley and nothing for Kyoto Eagles. Well, we just started the top of the second inning. The second inning is brought to you by Smithburg Auto, Wolf Airfield, Iowa. Smithburg Auto, two locations to serve you better. If you need a car, call David. Well, uh, the Aiden Anderson uh, really is uh, pitching tough today. He uh, made short work of the English uh, Valley uh, striking out the first batter. Uh, only, uh, let's see who, the, Taylor Landon did get a single, but then he was picked off. The second that he has picked off this game. Uh, so again, English Valley uh, is up one to nothing, but the Kyoto Eagles are coming to bat. Well, the bottom of the second inning was a great inning for Smithburg Auto uh, as they presented the bottom of the second inning because the Kyoto Eagles were able to plate four runs on a series of hits and they started off with a couple of hits bats, going to put guys on base, followed by a single by Evan Vivito. Uh, then there was a ground out by Darren Dalton to the right side that drove in a run. Chase Aaron uh, again, was hit by the pitch. He would later come around and score. Uh, Colton Clarahan got an RBI single, and uh, Caleb Waterhouse had a, had a double that drove in two runs. Uh, Caden Clarahan and... Uh, out to the second baseman, and Cole Kinder hit a nice uh, fly ball to the center fielder, but he has just been a, a, a demon out there tonight, catching everything that comes his way. But uh, that's the end of the second inning. It's now 4-1, to Kyoto Eagles on top. Well, Aiden Anderson made short work of that inning. Uh, he was able to uh, strike out... Uh, Montrose and then Flanders and then get a pop out to the shortstop and that ended the inning as Comstock prior Practice of Hedrick Iowa presents the third inning. If you need an adjustment after the planning season or you twisted yourself up in some way? Don't don't live with the pain. Call Michael Comstock in Hedrick, Iowa. He'll take care of you. Well, uh, pitcher Bo Flanders, he's uh. Has a little curveball going. That's not. It's breaking a little bit, but it's not breaking very much. And he's he's leaving it on the inside, uh, not quite getting it into the strike zone. It's 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 creating a few problems for him. But he uh, he did wind up loading up the bases by walking uh, Colton Clarahan. But he was able to get another catch out of, out of the center field. Uh, uh, Caden Clarahan uh, ended up. Uh, with a fly ball to center field to end the inning. It's still four to one, as uh, this big uh, left-handed pitcher from Kyoto is back out on the mound, Aiden Anderson. He has, has been, really been dominating. Well, it's the Beyond Beautiful Benches of Richland, Iowa, fourth inning. Beyond Beautiful Benches has a stock loaded with antique restored benches. I'm over a hundred years old. Or we can custom make you a bench, or. We could make you a tailgate bench, you know, a sports team or whatever you want. We've got the benches for you. Well, the fourth inning uh, started out with a little uh, bit of trouble. The first, uh, he walked the first batter and he hit the next batter. But then uh, he was able to get uh, a series of three different pop-outs in a row and uh, ended the inning. So... It's, uh, he preserved the score at four to one. Aiden Anderson is really having one of the best pitch games that I've seen a player in high school have this year. So hopefully he can keep that up. It'll bode well for Kyoto. Well, Beyond Beautiful bench is the bottom of the fourth inning as has uh, both Landers has his best inning. Uh, he got two quick outs. Uh, then he gave up a single and he gave up a double uh, to uh, Aiden Anderson followed by a walk and then a strikeout and he got himself out of the inning and left all three runners on base. His pitches were in the strike zone more this this inning uh, and uh, the shortstop uh, made a couple quick plays to get him get him out of some trouble. So uh, that's the end of the fourth. It's still four to one coming into the fifth inning. Well, we've reached the top of the fifth inning as John Baines, uh, author from, from Wayland, Iowa, the author of the book Christine's journey. A beat goes on. A story of a family's faith as it gets them through a crisis. Uh, great book. Anyway, he presents the, the fifth inning in the top of the fifth inning. Uh, Adrian uh, Anderson made uh, short work of of English Valley that time. He, he got two. He got a, a ground ball to the a shortstop, a strikeout, and uh, just. Uh, and then he ended it on a, a, a lineup to the, to the shortstop. Uh, the inning was started out by an excellent play on defense by Colton Clarahan, shortstop. Really, really made a great play, followed by a strikeout, and then another pop out to the shortstop. So that was a, a very exciting inning. Uh, but Adrian Anderson is on top of things, and he is really making it hard for uh, for the other team to get on base. Well, we just wrapped up the fifth inning. It's John Bain, uh, author of Christine's Journey, available anywhere where bookstores are online, Amazon online, for example. Get the book, get the book, and read it because it's a great one. Anyway, and the bottom of the fifth inning was it was a, a pretty great inning uh, for English Valley. Anyway, they uh, made some really great defensive plays. You know, their pitcher isn't really a big strikeout guy when he stays in the strike zone and keeps the ball down. Uh, and it lets his defense work behind him. Yeah, you know, good things that seem to happen. Started off with a uh, ground ball to the shortstop and then followed by Colton Clarehan who had a line drive to the shortstop who was able to handle it. Uh, Caleb Waterhouse got a single, but then uh, Caden Clarehan uh, lined out to the sh- shortstop. And uh, that's the bottom of the fifth inning, people. Well, The Iowa Heartlanders, the Minnesota Wilds double-A hockey team, the only double-A hockey team in Iowa, Coralville, Iowa, who plays at this extreme arena. And you can catch up with the Iowa Heartlanders all season long on Brown Guy the Podcast as we do a a couple weekly shows with the Iowa Heartlanders. Great to have the hockey in there. Well, that was a heck of a a, a top-of-the-sixth inning it was a, a fly out to left field that was handled expertly. Uh, Colton Clarahan makes another fantastic play. He has really played well at shortstop tonight, uh, ground ball over him. And then uh, uh, Aiden Anderson was able to knock down a ground ball up the middle and uh, keep it in front of him. And he was able to throw out the runner at first base, uh, getting the two, three, and four hitters in a row. In the bottom, in the top of the six, we're coming up on the bottom of the six. Well, it's the Iowa Heartlanders, bottom of the sixth inning is just completed. Uh, Kyoto was able to scratch in a couple runs. Uh, They had a walk and a stolen base and followed by a triple by Tanner Waterhouse, who who drove in the run. uh, Another single uh, with an RBI from Adrian Anderson has pitched the full game so far. They brought in Luke Moore to pitch. Uh, He uh, was, uh, he walked the first batter and then he got a a ground ball out, uh, followed by just a line drive right back to him by Colton Clarahan that was uh, a spectacular catch and then uh, wound up getting the strikeout to end the inning. But it is now seven to one and it's do or die time in the top of the seventh inning for English Valley. Well, Aiden Anderson was able to uh, get a complete game win out of this. He, he took him down two strikeouts and ground up back. to The pitcher was uh, relatively short and sweet and to the point. The teams are beaten to shake hands. Uh, it was a really beautiful night. It cooled off a little bit. The breeze helped quite a bit. Uh, Aiden Anderson is our player of the game, uh, a really great game. Uh, both teams you know, put the bat on the ball. Both teams played good defense. Both teams ran the ran the base as well, but Aiden Anderson, really, uh, his pitching performance was the difference in the game. Uh, we'll give you the post-game wrap-up here in a minute. Well, I'm here with player of the game, Aiden Anderson. Aiden, that was one of the finest pitching performances I've seen all year long. Uh, what was the key to your victory tonight? Uh, well, I know EV
3: is a team that, they are not a team of bad hitters, but if you throw a lot of outside curve balls, I'm a lefty, so they start in the left-handed bagger box and cross right about the left side of the plate, and that's just something that not a lot of teams can hit. And I found that they're pretty good a good fastball-hitting team, but you throw a lot of change-ups and outside
0: pitches, and they're not going to hit any of them. Well, you, you came with the, the breaking ball right from the very beginning of the game, and you had good control over it. it was, uh, uh, they, they had difficulty with it because it was coming from the left hand. Yeah. They're not used to the ball breaking that way. Uh, and they, they, they uh, had trouble making adjustments to that the whole game. But on the level, they they put the bat on the ball fairly well many times, but your defense really came yeah. up big behind
3: you. Uh, we haven't had very many practices this year because we've had a lot of games, so a lot of chances to get some situational work in. But I like I trust my defense, and they're, it's a full team of good guys hey, that
0: all know how to play their positions well and do it good. Well, Cole Clearhan made a couple really big plays for you yeah, today. Cool. Uh, t- Talk about his defense and how, what that meant to you. Uh, Colton
3: is probably our best player, and, you know, I like him at the shortstop position because I know he knows the game better than anybody else, and if the ball goes his way, you can just trust him to hit. You can trust him to make the play, and I could be walking off the field before he throws the ball, and I know he's going to make it. He's just one of those guys that you hope the ball goes to because you know he's going to make the play every single time.
0: Well, it looked like you were, you were starting the ball on the outside and it was moving to the inside. You stayed pretty well on the inside. Kind of on the lower half all night, and that seemed to give you success. Was that the game plan? Yeah, in?
3: Uh, most of all season, I like to keep my pitches low and outside. It's just always a thing for me, being a lefty, that kids in the right hander's batter's box just and if they do put the barrel on the ball low and outside, it's not going to go very many places. You know, ground outs, pop outs, just it's not going to be a very solid hit. So I like to keep it low and outside most
0: Well, there was a there was a a little uh, defensive lap in the in the first inning that led to a, a situation where you could have really gave up a lot of runs, but you kept your cool, you just kept uh, with the game plan, you, you stayed with your defense, and you got out. even got a strikeout that they got a pass and put a guy on base.
3: Uh, we don't have... I'm basically the only kid who plays first base, so when I'm throwing, we don't have a first baseman. So we've been experimenting a lot with first base players. Uh, Evan Vitito started out at first base, and he's usually our third baseman. He's never played first base before, so it's just a learning experience for him and not knowing what's going to be coming, but he didn't do too bad.
0: Once they moved him back over to third base, he made some spectacular yeah, plays for you, yeah. didn't
3: he? And, yeah, he did. And Cole Kindred, who went to first after that, he's played first base most of the time when I pitch, and he does a pretty good job. So when he's over there, we do pretty good as a team. There's
0: a lot of adjustments that you got to make. You know, as as different guys pitch and people get hurt, and the season moves on, sometimes you got to play a position that's out, and that's all part of it. But the team really, once they got the lineup right, they got the defense uh, settled down behind you. Uh, Tell me about your day at the plate. I started off, just took
3: one pitch, hit me in the foot, so I got walked there, and uh, that was, you know. Same old, but second pitch, I was really looking up there to hit the ball and got down 0-2, and one came just across the corner of the plate, and I kind of threw my hands at it, which wasn't too good, struck to out there. Uh, then I went up to hit the second time, and I hit a solid gap shot for a double, and then the next time I was up, hit a solid gap shot for a triple. So I'd say a pretty good day at the plate for me.
0: Yeah, that was a beautiful triple, you know, when you drove a run in with that, and that kind of, that was the first time you scratched you, you scratched in some runs in the second inning, well, their pitcher didn't really didn't get one or two strikeouts the whole yeah. game but his defense played pretty well behind him especially the center fielder whose name is uh, Josh Osborne yeah
3: i think he had four or five pretty nice catches out there yeah he, he was, was a, really
0: outstanding today, and they 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 stayed with you uh, you just didn't really give it in, give in any you 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 stayed consistent it did seem like your your ball was breaking a little better towards the end of the game yeah. than it was at the beginning of the game a lot of times the guy that throws the curveball when his arm gets a little more tired, the ball really does start to break more. Did you feel like that was the case tonight? Uh, I feel like
3: uh, as we get into the game and our defense gets settled down and they start making plays behind me, I get a lot more loose on the mound and start tr- stop trying to worry about making my ball break and just let it do it all on its own. And when you do that, it likes to break a lot.
0: And then, you know, like you say, it does stay in the strike zone. Wow. You were very consistent in the strike zone and uh, congratulations, you're the player of the game.
3: Thank you.
0: Well thanks for being with us. Thank you. Well we're gonna get a few words from Coach Dakota Combs. Uh, what what a what a great game, huh? Oh
3: yeah. I mean the kids the kids came out
1: and played really, really loose, had a lot of fun today. So
0: So that's Aiden Anderson's eighth win. hmm And that brings him up to the lead in the conference, doesn't it? Um,
1: yeah I believe he's leading the state right now. He oh. was he was tied to the lead with seven, now he's at eight, so he's good. Well, he was
0: very consistent today, wasn't he? He yes. stayed in the strikes and he got a I, I got him down as eight. Did he have eight or nine? I'm not sure. I haven't looked. Somewhere in there, but uh, he didn't need to strike everybody out. He, uh, your defense. Yep. Your defense, your defense, your defense played well today. Oh, yeah. Anybody you want to uh, call? I know, I know Cole Anderson. Cole Anderson or Clarahan, he really made some great plays yep. at shortstop, didn't
1: he? He made, he made four or five really, really good ones. Um Edwin Betito started off kind of, kind of rough over there, at first base, him back to third. And he he came through on two or three over there at third.
0: But, yeah, once you yeah, got him over back to third ones. base, where he was familiar yeah. with with what to do, he was he, yeah. he really he did wind up having a good game, and he had a pretty yeah. good game at the plate too. Oh yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the offense. I already interviewed uh, Aiden Anderson. Tell me about the offense. You know, you you only really had two innings where you scratched across. You had yeah. a lot of uh, rallies building. But they were able to to make some good plays to to, to keep you off the boards. But you did you did get a couple innings where you where you, where you scot some runs and you kind of stretched it out a little bit. Although this was by no means a, a, a blowout or or they were in the game all all the way, weren't?
1: they? Evie well, yeah, always plays really really well. I mean they're always I mean they're one of the teams that plays really really well against us. I don't know what it is, but they always you know, do a great job when they're playing us. Uh, and I always say they're a lot better than the record. They seem to be a lot better than the record every year. I don't, so, uh, but uh, no, I think I think the big one for us on the offense is just our energy. When we get energy in our dugout, we score runs. When we don't have any, we well, just don't. You definitely don't. had and the energy kind of...
0: tonight. Let me ask you about their center fielder, Josh Osborne. He was flying around and making a lot of plays and and and, and ending a lot of your good rallies, wasn't he? Oh
1: yeah, and he, he made me nervous. On the, there was that one that was hit over his head there in the center. And he oh jumped yeah. Up. And I started sending my guy because I didn't think he was getting to it. And he jumped up. It about touches. The ball I and and a uh, He, he,
0: he, he has really good really reactions well. on the ball. He knows oh, yeah. where to go. And boy yeah, that uh, well, yeah, was early. Uh, he he stopped that big rally he had with the diving play that, yeah. that ended the inning. So, uh, any of the other players you wanted uh, to give some recognition to? Uh, I think
1: Bo is the the, the big one. I mean, I, Bo.
0: Yeah, Bo did, Flanders. He started the game, yeah. and uh, you know he didn't have great stuff. He he has a, a curveball. It wasn't breaking as much as he wanted it yeah. to. He was looking for maybe a six-inch break oh, yeah. and was getting like a three-inch break, and it was leaving the ball just on the outside of the inside of the plate. Yeah. Uh, oh, and it did seem to develop, but he was—he had showed a lot of fortitude. He stayed with it, uh, and his defense really played well behind him, didn't it?
1: Yeah, I, I think offensively like is the big one for him. Like it just the the mindset that every team has to come, and defense has to come in when he comes to the plate, just because of the speed that you have to play, your third baseman has got to play in the grass. I mean, cause he puts one down, you have no chance if you're not. So I think that's the big one, just the defensive shifts that he has to have. I don't know if he hit very well tonight, but I mean, he just, just the mental aspect of our kids having to really play against him to, you know, really playing against him is really the big one for us. Well,
0: a week ago tonight, we were sitting here talking to Caden Clairhan because he had just hit a home run that won the game for you. Uh, Aiden Anderson seems to be kind of the star of this game. Uh, and, uh, what, you're off to a good start this week, aren't you?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's good to get the first one in. I mean, the first one's always the hardest for us. It seems like we don't come out, you know, as hot as we do later on in the week. So it, the first one's always a big one. So.
0: Well, we're going to be with you on Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to try to get Scott to come over, and we're going to try to uh, uh, broadcast the game. So really appreciate the help you gave me tonight. Thanks to the table. Thanks for setting up the lineup. And thanks for doing such a great job coaching this year. you got to be really proud of the guys. Thank oh, yeah.
1: I mean, they're doing a great job.
0: Uh, who else you got besides Sigourney this week? Uh, we got Iowa
1: Valley on Friday. They'll be, they'll, I, don't, I don't know if they're all that like, guy. I think a lot of our like, lower end of our conference, they're a lot better than what they look like. Well,
0: I mean, they'll they'll always win, say at the end of the season, play. there ain't no rookies anymore, yep. is there? I mean, they're, Everybody's they're totally seasoned and uh, everybody, boy, the defense. I mean, if you play defense as good as English Valley did tonight, you're going to win a lot of games, oh, yeah. I think. So, yeah. Well, thanks, Coach, for being with us, and good luck the rest of the season all right sounds good thank you well it's time for the southeast iowa union wrap-up show <laughs> with the uh, sports editor the southeast iowa union introduce yourself
4: well hey i'm andy kruzinger and southeast Iowa Union. You know, i had to introduce myself a lot today actually because this is my first time in Kyoto this year so i had to apologize to people i haven't seen these guys yet but it looks pretty good for my for my first time out here on the season didn't yeah they, they
0: say they, they wanted to show off they knew you were here they uh <laughs> They were fumbling around in the infield, and then all of a sudden you walked in, and everybody tightened up a little bit, didn't they?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, they, they were a little, a little rough in the infield there early on, but with the pitching that they have, when you have good pitching, you can kind of, uh, you know, take a couple of those, but uh, I thought what was what was impressive was, uh, obviously, the pitching game was, looked great out there, and of course, they've got some of the best starting pitching that we cover, um, but... They had only a couple innings where they were able to score, but they were able to load the bases up and have guys on all day. And so if you have guys on all day, some of those guys are going to cross the plate.
0: Well, Kyoto did a better job of moving runners today than I've seen them in any the other mm-hmm. game. Uh, they were stealing some bases, uh, and they were getting some timely hits. And they, they did – but like you say, they, there were several times when they loaded them up where they had – had several innings, but uh, both Landers, you know, he just he had good defense behind him, mm-hmm. and he relied on it, and he stayed in the strike zone when he needed to, and uh, he got through. But uh, let's talk about Adrian Anderson. Uh, I think 89 pitches, a complete game. Yeah. Uh, he's got his eighth win, which, uh, according to the coach, says that's the the leads of the, the highest win total in the state. Yeah, it does. What, what did you think of that kid?
4: Yeah, well, he looked really good, and, you know, also he looked as strong you know, at the beginning of the game, or at the end of the game, they did the beginning of the game. It's hot out here. It's not very easy to go out and throw, you know, seven innings. And uh, he looked good. That's, I mean, these guys just get, not only are they starting pitching good, but they can go a lot of innings. And so when you have that, then you're not wasting kids, you know, throughout the week and, and, and stuff like that. And I saw, saw I think they had, we had somebody warm up a little bit for him, uh, but really nobody even really had to get loose. Everyone kind of knew that he was going to close it out, and, and he closed it out pretty darn strong. Well, what else
0: is going on in Southeast Iowa this week? What games uh, are you looking forward to?
4: That's a good question. Well, um, right now over in Mount Pleasant, Mount Pleasant, Washington, former, former round guy uh, game, of the, round guy, uh, uh, game they, of the week. <laughs> that was round guy game of the week? That was 6-5 early, so they, they, they're, they're uh, a little more offensive than I expected over there. That, that's game one. They got two. Um, Fairfield is in Fort Madison for a couple. That's tough because Fort Madison's playing really, really well. Um, in fact, Fort Madison's kind of settled in as the second-best team there in that conference, and they've, you know, if they can steal a cup from Burlington later, maybe they'll be able to, to, you know, make a little noise there. And then that means Keokuk and Burlington are going at it in the big schools. Let's see, small school-wise, I'm thinking of New London and Highlander on Friday. I and mean, that's a big oh, one right boy, there. Oh, boy, that
0: sounds like a good game. And
4: you know what? That'll be the only time that they, unless they both make state, that'll be the only time they play. Because I don't know if you saw the, uh, the postseason groupings came out. You know the the assignments. Yeah, I did district. see some, some of the. And so Kyoto and, and New London and, and a few other local teams are in one, but Highland is all the way in a totally different substate. So I think mean, Hillcrest is in Highland substate too. So uh, have you got a chance up. to see
0: Highland this year?
4: I have. I saw and I saw them on a Chase Schultz day, so I saw them at, at their best. They beat up uh, they beat Cardinal, I think eleven to three when I went and saw them. So um, I'm not sure if I'll be there on Friday or not. We have a couple of teams that we haven't uh, seen live yet, so I would like I would like to either go on Friday um, or send Hunter over there, but we'll see because that'll be, I'm sure, I don't know how the North standings are looking because they're, what, one or two games behind Mediapolis. So I don't know if they'll be able to use Schultz against New London because I don't know if they play Mediapolis on Thursday. I'm sure they use them against him. But it'd be it'd be interesting to see, you know, if they can if they can give them a pretty good game. Scotty Melman
0: says New London plays Don Bosco sometime this week. Yeah. Are you aware of that?
4: Uh, yeah, well, not only... So, New London plays Don some sometime this week, and then also New London just played what's the four A team, the Davenport North. So they are really stacking their schedule to make sure that they're as sharp as they can be, you know. Because sometimes the South is all right. I'd say the South, besides New London, is a little bit the SEISC South is a little bit down this year. Besides, you know, New London usually Notre Dame's really good, and they're a little bit down. And um, and so if you're winning a lot of games by 10 or 11 runs, sometimes that can be a bad thing because then you get in a close game in the tournament, you know, they're playing field and they got Colton pitching or they're going against, you know, so- someone like that, and it's a 2-1 game. Well, we haven't had that many games this season to get ready for stuff like that, and that's when upsets happen. So that was probably good of Helmerson to, to uh, stack that uh, schedule a little bit.
0: So uh, uh, what about Cardinal? Uh, is New London playing Cardinals this week or next week? Um, or they that- should.
4: Let's see. They've already played them at least once. Have they played them twice? Let me think about this. Um, Cardinals giving them an okay game once, I think. Uh, no, I think New won by quite a bit. I, I'm trying to think of who Cardinals got. I think Cardinal might still have a, a VM Buren game to go. Um, and I'm trying to think of who they're playing in the South. Uh, they, so they were in Burlington. They took a real tough loss to Notre Dame on Thursday, and I was actually in Burlington for Washington and Burlington softball. And so I was able to kind of catch a little bit of the end of that game, um, kind of basically just driving by and seeing the game-winning runs. Run scored, but Notre Dame was able to, to walk them off in that one. So that was a tough one. And I think Cardinals still sitting second in the South. The South is pretty much it's got to be clinched by now because New London is so far ahead of everybody else in the standings. I think the Newlands about clinched it by now.
0: So what about uh, Mid Prairie? They they've had a, a whole bunch of really tough games. Yeah. Some big schools. Uh, they've had some wins. They've had some losses, but they're they're hanging in the top ten. They're rated eighth. I saw this morning.
4: Yeah. So yeah, I may I may have again just like New Newland they have some tough teams they don't even have to stack their schedule because they play in the uh, River Valley and they got a lot of good teams there already they have lost four out of five I think but I think they're back on a three game winning streak um, I don't think they're going to be able to win that conference so that's if I, if I remember correctly they are a couple games back there so that's probably done but um, they got an okay uh, postseason tournament if you're ranked in the top ten when the assignments come out then you're going to get less ranked teams in your district obviously so um, right now for them I'm, I'm sure it's Sharpening up a little bit before uh, before the tournament, they've they've shown that they can pile up the runs, and they got a couple good arms. Who's so we'll some of their
0: pitchers and hitting leaders? Uh, who's who's driving the bus over there at Mid Prairie?
4: Oh, that that young Brock Allen kid's uh, driving the ball pretty well. Um, he he's uh, he's their catcher there, and he impressed me when I saw him. I mean, especially going to a Mid Prairie, uh, I think he bats right in the middle of the lineup, and uh, already a good team, and you're you're jumping in as a I think is he a freshman? He's pretty young um, to the middle of that lineup. And then um, Will Cavanaugh, obviously. Um, um, oh I'm, I'm losing a couple names from the middle of their lineup because I, it's been a little bit since I've seen them. But um, you know they're a pretty pretty darn tough team. And watch out, it's a foul ball now. I, I saw some heads go up. But uh, we'll see if they can if they can uh, if they can make a run here in two A.
0: So uh, what uh, what about Mepo? Are they still undefeated?
4: I believe they are. In fact, uh, who just had them? Somebody just had them down late. Um, it was one of our teams. Was it not speaking? It would have been a uh, north from Hillcrest. I think maybe Hillcrest had them down um, and they were able to, to store them back. So they're 15-0 and last time I checked. Um, so they're 2A. And man, I just checked the postseason assignments the other day, but I'm trying to figure out where they are at um, in the tournament. But I think Highland is one game back, correct? One or two games back of them. So they're still mathematically in the north, but Meepo's... Looks like they're certainly the uh, the favor right now in the North. Well, how
0: about Pekin? Have you got a chance to see Pekin? They seem to have a, a lot of power. I did. They do. They score
4: a lot of runs, but they've had a lot of trouble. I actually saw them beat up on Wapalo the other day. They had a nice offensive game then. But,
0: yeah, and we uh, got over and saw Winfield-Mount Union. I think they are 13-3 to or something in that Yeah, game. yeah, yeah.
4: They hit the ball pretty well. I, I think this last week is really the first time I've seen them be able to hold teams. They've scored a lot. I mean, they played the Hillcrest in that like 13-12 to game or whatever. So Pekin doesn't have trouble scoring. Um, and it's just that, uh, they had a few games where, you know, they scored a bunch and the other, the other team scored a bunch. So I think the the winnings Waplo is win number five. So I think they're up to six or seven by now, but, um, they're kind of a dangerous team. And I think that they're in that, that, um, Kyoto, new London bracket there. And I'm guessing they're going to get like a three or a four, probably a four seed in that uh, of the six or eight or whatever. So, um, those middle, those kind of mid-level teams are pretty dangerous because they can stack their top pitcher for when the when the one or two seeds, you know, has their two or three guy pitching. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that changes. How much out.
0: longer, how many games are left in the season?
4: There's, uh, about a couple of weeks. So July starts the tournament. And the small school baseball should be starting about the second week of July, I believe. I think small school softball starts mid that first week. So And it goes fast because, you know, there's a game every, other, every couple of days in each class. So they're going to be... Starting up early July, and by the end of the July, hopefully we'll be in Iowa City or Carroll or wherever they're hosting these state tournaments.
0: Is there any other teams that we didn't get a mention that you wanted to talk about?
4: Oh, let's see. We talked about um, Highland, Hillcrest, Winfield, that's the North, trying to rattle through the teams in my brain here. <laughs> um, uh, Van Buren, I, I think, has, has got a, a good amount of talent. They have had some, some, uh, a little bit of success, a little bit of failures. I think they're sitting right there below Cardinal in the North. Um so I'd really like to see Cardinal and Van Buren. I'm not sure if we will see that, that matchup this year. That's one of my favorite rivalries. Cardinal, Van Buren, and Pekin, the three of them, when they go at it, it's kind of a fun uh, little thing. But, no, I think that we've pretty much riled off all of them that I could think of.
0: Well, we're talking to Andy Krutzinger. Uh, this is the Southeast Iowa Union uh, after post-game report. Uh, if you wonder why I'm covering so many Coyote Eagles games, one, they're a great team. They're fun to watch. And, two, they're close and gas is expensive. So get off my back. <laughs> this has been Round Guy Radio with the coverage of the Coyote Eagles home win against the uh, English Valley. So thanks for listening.